Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can't. You, you can't do all things. You know? If you want to be part of the NBA, go buy a ticket and go to the game. That's how you're going to be part of the NBA. You want to be a professional baseball player? What do you do? You got to go buy a ticket and go to the game. Because you and I lack the skill set to, to be that. We can't do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can do all things God has given us to do through Christ who strengthens us. If you become a Christian, you are to walk in faith. Pastor Jim is telling us to use wisdom when walking in faith, not just blindly diving into something. He uses the example of being a professional ball player. You may not have been given gifts with the ability to play pro ball, so the only way you'd be getting into a game would be to buy tickets. You won't be able to do all things in Christ if you were not gifted by Christ. So using your godly wisdom to decipher your talents would be your best move in stepping out in faith. With this in mind, here's Pastor Jim with part three of his message entitled, Why is how we step out in faith important? A lesson in taking risks. You make plans for a special day or a special event or a special project and what happens? People call out sick. Or maybe it's a special day at work. You're like, oh, you know, you've been telling them for six months. This Saturday, we have to come in. We have to do inventory. We're overhauling the computer system. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. And then that day, right, one of your key people, you call him up at home, and he's like, you know, I'm in Atlantic City, bro. <laughs> right? And you're like, you were supposed to be here Saturday. And you're like, no, that's next week. Right? They didn't even read the schedule, or they, or they forgot all about that. You know what that's like. Employees, you know what that's like. You work on a project for months and months and months, and the company trashes it. Or you work on something and they say it's completely wrong. Here's the thing. No matter what, if you take a step of faith, somebody's going to step on your toes. If you take a step of faith, you're going to get hurt. But remember this, because Jesus stepped out of heaven to get hurt for you and I, we can endure when we get hurt. We can endure when we get hurt. Verse 4, absolutely critical. Absolutely critical. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. You say, what's he saying here? Well, you, when you sowed seeds, you didn't want it to be windy. So he's saying the guy who sits looking out his window and his wife's like, you know, you gotta get that seed. Our house is just full of seed. And he's like, she's like, it's time to sow, go sow. And he goes, too windy, can't do it. Next day, too windy for two, three weeks. Too windy, too windy. You know, she's making seed stew and, you know, you know, chicken and seed and just everything is because the time to plant has, has gone by. Now he says here about the harvest, he who regards the clouds will not reap. You like to harvest when the weather's nice. You don't want it to be pouring, you're stepping on the crops, destroying the crops. But he says, if you don't harvest at the right time, you're going to lose your crop. The animals will come along. The fruit, the stuff will start to spoil. But the guy's looking out the window going, sorry, babe, can't do it today. It's raining. Next day, she's like, you got to get out and pick the stuff. Can't. 
It's raining, can't raining. What's he saying? That if you wait for the conditions to be right, you'll never start. If you wait for all the conditions to be 100% the way you want them, you'll never get involved. So it's good to be cautious. That's wise, okay? But being overly cautious to the point of where you're making excuses, to being overly cautious to the point of that you're paralyzed is unwise. This is such an important thing that all of us have to remember. It is very easy for I should do this to become I should have done that. It's very easy. It's very easy for us to want to do things and before we know it, the opportunity to do it has passed us by. Did you know that's how this church started? I was part of another church. I was in the training program. They said, we think you're ready to go. And everything was all, I was all set to come up here. And everybody kept telling me, sorry. And people in Northwest New Jersey are mean. (laughs) And I thought, oh, God's telling me not to go. (laughs) And so... I just thought about it, and I would say I was praying about it, but I was really telling God what I thought about it. I was comfortable, and my thinking began to take myself out of it. And my beloved wife said to me, Honey, I know you, and you will forever live with what would have happened had we gone. She said, We got to go. We got to try. We've done all the preparation. Everything's in a line. Our finances are in line. We've done the training. We're ready to go. But if we don't do it, I should have will we'll turn into I wish I had. Or, or what would have happened had we done it? And that has carried over in so many ways for me in just, in just the way I, I, I approach what I do. I'm only just telling you what I do because I only know what I do. I, uh, Friday for me is sermon day. And I don't know why it happened, but, but Friday morning, I woke up and I felt absolutely awful. I mean, I felt horrible. Uh, my allergies, bad headache, bad night of sleep. My stomach was bothering me. There's a little bug running around with some of you. Thanks for giving it to me. And, um, and I just felt absolutely trashed. And my flesh was screaming, stay in bed, stay in bed, stay in bed. And here's the thing I can tell you. And, and this is why, I, I, you, don't worry, if I ever feel like I'm phoning it in, don't feel bad about saying you phoned it in, Jim. I know I can get up and talk for a long time in front of people without a lot of preparation. I know I can do it. And I know if I went back to bed, none of you would have known, except for Pam, and I would have said, be submissive, woman, don't tell anybody. No, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> right? But, but I kept preaching to myself. Instead of listening to myself, I kept preaching to myself, keep moving, keep moving, You'll feel better if you keep moving, if you keep moving. And so uh, this is the sermon you got out of me being sick. Now, some of you are saying, you should have stayed in bed, Pastor Jim. Um, But it's all Pam's fault. She's the one who told me to come up here. I would have stayed home, right? So you can blame her. But we have to accept reality. People often want to say, no, 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 you got to understand. You know, we tell our young people, you can do anything you want. No, you can't. People quote Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can't. You, you can't do all things, you know? If you want to be part of the NBA, go buy a ticket and go to the game. That's how you're going to be part of the NBA. You want to be a professional baseball player, what do you do? You got to go buy a ticket and go to the game because you and I lack the skill set to, to be that. We can't do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can do all things God has given us to do through Christ who strengthens us. 
Sadly, many people step out without the gift set for the venture of faith that they're stepping on, that they're going out with. Some people step out without the drive. Some people step out without the work ethic. Some people step out without the training. Some people step out without the, without the resources. And, and they're just unrealistic. But that's not what he's talking about here. What he's talking about here is he's saying to them, don't procrastinate. Stop always making excuses why it's not the right time. If you're waiting for all the ducks to be in a row, guess what? They are never, never going to all be in a row, okay? Because if they're all in a row, then what do you need the Lord for? I mean, the reality is that we have to invest wisely. We saw it in verse 1 and 2. We have to get involved. We're talking about that here. And if we don't, we will never reap a harvest. There will be never any fruitfulness, any real value that's given to other people in our lives, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, interesting, the context of that is in giving. The Apostle Paul's talking to the Corinth church who had money, and he was in chapter 8, he's holding up the Macedonian church who was poor. He said, the poor people, man, they gave out of the abundance, they gave a lot of abundance out of their poverty, but you people, you're rich and you're stingy. And then he gives them a principle of nature and of the kingdom of God. And sadly, the prosperity TV teachers have ruined this. The only guys getting richer themselves on it, but it is a principle of God's word that's very important for us to know. He says this, he says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So the real question some people would say is, well, how much are you sowing? Well, how much are you giving? You know, and they're like, sow a seed, you know, give, give $100, get back, back $1,000. I don't think that's what the Apostle Paul is saying to them. I think he's challenging them and saying, the real question is, is how big do you want the harvest to be? Do you want a big harvest? Do you, whatever it is that you're engaged in, whether it's, whether it's your job or your work or your family or your, or your, or your community or, or people that you know in, in bringing the Christian life to people and you can do it through a business, you can do it as a teacher, you can do it in whatever career that you're doing. He's saying to them, how big do you want the harvest to be? If you want the harvest to be big, you've got to sow a lot. If you plant a little tiny couple seeds, you're not gonna get a big field. And he's encouraging them that you've got to stake, take a risk. You've got to be realistic. You can't expect to put in this little tiny effort and get big results. You can't expect to plant a little and get something big. People ask me all the time, I don't, I'm trying to figure out what's God's will for my life. Here he says, trust the Lord and get going. Trust the Lord and get moving. Listen, you, we have the thing in the bulletin. You want to sign up? You've never been involved in serving in the church, right? It's not a life sentence. It may feel like one, but it's not a life sentence. We're not going to ask you if you want parole. You can get parole whenever you want, okay? But you got to start somewhere. And as you do it, people will recognize the things that you're gifted at. And then every once in a while, we tell people, you want to take a break? They're like, no, I don't want to take a break, right? Because they're beginning to do the things. They find their place where God has gifted them, and they're beginning now to follow the Holy Spirit and not their feelings. So how do, you, how do you find out God's will for your life? You sign up to serve. You make a commitment to something that's real. You sacrifice some of your time. You sacrifice some of your, of your money. All for the kingdom of God. You go on an outreach because somebody reached out to you and to me, we owe it to reach out to other people. 
We join a community group to get to know others and let others know us. We encourage people. We pray with people. You know, most people, your friends, they don't believe in Jesus at all, but they have something bad. You go, can we pray about that? And they go, oh, yeah. Right? You go on hospital visits, like, leave, preacher boy, right? As soon as I go, can we pray? Right? They go, sure. So what do I do? I pray the same stuff I was going to tell them anyway, right? And so people will let you pray. Tell people about Jesus. Invite people to church. And let me put it to you more specifically, drive them to church. Drive them to church. People are like, well, you know, I invited people, but they never come. Drive them. But be realistic. Life is full of ups and downs. I know a lot of people say to me all the time, well, I'm just tired. I'm, you know my answer. I'm always like, yeah, here it ends when we die, right? <laughs> We're all tired. We're all tired. We're always going to be tired. We're always going to need more money. We're always going to need more time. That's the reality of life under the sun. Well, we said step out in faith with wisdom. Step out in faith with realism. Number three may seem very, very odd. Step out in faith with faith. Step out in faith with faith. Verse 5, he says, as you do not know, there's that expression again, what is the way of the wind? Okay, do you know the way of the wind? Some people think this is where Jesus came from with his, when he's talking to Nicodemus. You don't know the way of the wind or, the, or how the bones will grow in the womb of hers with child. So, look again, you do not know the works of God who makes everything. You know, I find that the godliest people I know, the older they get, the closer they walk with God, the more comfortable and the more often they're saying, I do not know. When they were young and had a little bit of Bible underneath their, you know, on arm, right? They just, oh, I know the answer to that one. I know, I know. And now they get older and like, I don't know. People say to me, why is there so much suffering in the world? I say, I don't know, but I know God cares because he came and suffered. And so there's a lot we don't have to know. So what do, what do people do when they don't know? Well, I'm just going to stay home. I don't know. How can we know these things? No, look what verse 6 says they do. In the morning, sow your seed, and in the evening, do not withhold your hand. What's he saying there? I think he's saying you get out there and you do it all day long, but at night, no matter how it goes, don't give up. Don't give up. And why don't we give up? He tells us, for you do not know which will prosper, either this or that or whether both alike will be good. You don't know what you do for God that he's going to prosper and which he's not going to prosper. But even in God's economy, just the fact that you took the mere step of faith is prosperity in his eyes. The world is totally uncertain. Have you noticed that? But God is not. You and I don't know which ventures of faith are going to work out, but that's okay because the Lord knows. But we do know this, no venture of faith, that won't work, right? Like, like, it didn't work. Why? Well, I didn't try. Well, that's, that's, that one you can be sure of. Now, the farmer could play it safe. Oh, I'm just going to eat the seeds. But sowing the seed, risking the seed, is the only way to get a big crop. Jesus told this in the parable of the sower. We did it a couple years ago in Mark's gospel. He says, a sower went out to sow. Now, listen, we know he's the sower, and we know the seed is the word of God. But Jesus says that when the sower went out to sow, he sowed on four different kinds of soil. He knew some was just going to fall to the wayside, get eaten by the birds. But you know what? He threw it out there anyway. He knew that some was going to just you know, get roots in an inch of deep or a half inch of dirt and just die. But you know what he did? He threw the seed anyway. He took a risk. He knew that some of the seed would start to grow and the weeds and the thorns, the cares of this world, he said, the busyness of life, I got to earn a living, got to take care of my kids, got to do this. He knew that would choke it out. 
but he was willing to take a risk. Why? Because Jesus said, some of the seed fell on good ground. Some of it fell and went down deep, and those people became trees. They became pillars. But man, that never will happen if we never sow any seeds. Once again, how odd the Bible is. Comes along, Jesus comes along, the Bible writers come along and say, listen man, life is so uncertain. And because life is so uncertain, and because you're often in the dark, what do you do? You cast the bread on the water in faith. What do you do? You cast the seed out to people in faith. And what do you do? You cast the seed, you trust the Lord, and you go home, and you sleep like a baby. And don't give up. And stay at it. And keep at it again. So what's the problem, you say? Well, he, Jesus doesn't understand. We live, in, we live in northwest New Jersey. I was talking with a pastor the other day, and, and he said, man, the people up, he's from out of state, and he said, uh, uh, he's from another country, Pennsylvania, and he said, you know, the people up here, they just don't want God. And I was like, I know, man, I know. It, it, it's hard, man, it's hard. Jesus in Matthew 9 he looks over a whole crowd of people who don't want God. Oh, religious people. Oh, they're religious people, but they don't want God. And he says they're like sheep without a shepherd. And then Matthew 9, 37, it says, he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Now the harvest is what? It's souls. He's not talking about crops, it's souls. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Did you hear what he just said? The harvest is plentiful. The problem is not the people. That's not the problem. I hope you believe this. If you're a Christian, if you're not here, you're a Christian. Man, I'm glad you're here. Hope to get a chance to meet you, become your friend, and help you sort some of this stuff out, right? See, listen, I hope you think if God could save you, he could save anybody. I know if God could save me, he could save anybody. I'm not trying to be pious. I am stating a reality of fact. I was stubborn, hard-headed, wanted no part of him. Jesus is saying here, the problem is not the people of the harvest. The problem is the laborers. I don't have enough. He says, I don't have enough people who want to sow the seed. That's the problem. So he doesn't say pray for the harvest. He says pray that there would be people who want to get about the work of sowing the seed. You know this on your job. When you have a job, you think, we could do this. We could do this. And half the people show up. You're all ready, and you just can't get the product out the door. You can't get the job to the client, and it's just so frustrating because you're like, if we had more people, we could do this. You say, but I don't know what's going to happen, Pastor Jim. Part of growing and stepping out in faith is working diligently and joyfully and faithfully without the Lord giving us all the information. That's why it's called faith. You see, the do not knows of life actually inspires the maturing Christian to sow more seed, not less, and trust in the sovereignty of God, to trust in the power of God, the sovereign God. And understanding the sovereignty of God helps the follower of Jesus, motivates the follower of Jesus to step out in faith. The sovereign power of God. It's not your presentation. It's the word of God. The sovereignty of God, the sovereign power of God motivates the committed follower of Jesus Christ to be more faithful, not less. Because as we said, you don't stand in the the garden and wait for it to grow. You work. You don't grab a shovel, lean on it, and pray for a hole. You don't do that. You start digging. 
You work, you do the work that God has laid out for you to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, the apostle Paul is explaining to the Corinthians, hey man, we're just all workers in, in, in God's field. We all have different talents. We all have different things. You gotta do the thing that God has for, plotted for you to do. And he says this, hey, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. It's all, it's all a team effort, he's saying. But ultimately, it's God that gives the increase. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the Lord of the harvest. And how are people harvested? Very interesting. The way souls are harvested is because Jesus Christ took a venture of faith from heaven. Jesus Christ took a risk to die in your place, in my place for our sins. He took that risk for you. And he says, hey, I'm just asking you to take a little risk for me. He said this, John 12, 24, he said, most assuredly I say to you, now it's an agricultural society, that's why there's so many farming examples he uses, most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. See, a seed doesn't really do anything till it goes in the ground and dies. He's saying, he's talking about himself. He's saying nothing's going to really happen spiritually in this world till I die, till I go in the ground, until I come up. And it produces much grain. And so who, who's the grain? Who's the harvested people? It's those who turn to him and put their trust in him instead of in themselves. They're harvested for heaven. Friend, is that you? Are you that good soil? Are you the place where the word of God is just growing? Jesus said this, and this is eternal life, John 17, 3, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. People say, well, you go to heaven if you're a good person. It's exactly the opposite of what Jesus just said. Jesus said, you go to heaven if you know God and if you know him. We said earlier that we're all called somehow to step out in faith. If, if, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, let me tell you right now, the first step for you is really easy. The first step is to take that step toward Jesus Christ because he took a step towards you. He took a step towards you by becoming a man, living a perfect life in your place, dying a sinner's death in your place. And all you need to do is put your faith in him. And here's the thing. Because he rose from the dead, there's no risk in that. There's absolutely no risk in that. Jesus said, all who come to me, I will by no means cast out. There's no risk. You come to Jesus. You say, I want to put my trust in you. And I want to follow you. There's no risk for you. The risk comes after that. Why is stepping out in faith? Because you never know what Jesus will do. You never know who Jesus is going to do it to. And you never know when Jesus is going to do it. Friends, faith is being certain of God when life is uncertain. Faith is when it seems totally logical just to play it safe and, and do things just for yourself to step out for the kingdom of God. And when you do, that's how you'll catch the blessings. Because when you play it safe all the time, you're going to miss out on the blessings. May we as a church step out in wisdom. Understand some things about this world. Have our faces in our Bible so we have fresh manna, fresh things to give to people, not old, stale stuff that we learned 15 years ago. May we step out in realism. You know, a lot of people say, well, we have to be realistic. People in northwest New Jersey don't care about Jesus. You know what? Why don't we just really start with the, being more realistic about the expectations we have on one another? Jesus said, by this all men will know you are my disciples, by the love you have for one another. That love that we have for one another, that's powerful. That's powerful. Welcoming people who we don't know and saying, hey, I really want to get to know you. I want to meet you. That's powerful. So may we step out as a church in wisdom. 
May we step out in realism. And may we step out in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, if we just become totally inwardly focused, I can tell you what will happen because it's happening to churches all across America. People will move, people will die, and the doors will close. But if we're outwardly focused on people that don't know Jesus, who knows what the Lord might do. Thank you for listening to Changed by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire here at Changed by Love is simply to bring you the life-changing message of Jesus Christ by teaching you the Bible in a simple, easy-to-follow way. With that being said, we try to put our messages into as many people's hands as possible for a very low cost and often free of charge to anyone who contacts us. Did you know that all of our messages can be found for free on our website? changedbyloveradio.com That's changedbyloveradio.com Please check out our website and hit the Contact Us button to tell us something about yourself or request a CD copy of a message. Here at Changed by Love, we depend on the grace of God as well as the generosity and prayers of our loyal listeners. So thank you to all of you who are prayerfully and financially supporting our program. We would love to hear from you and pray you drop us a card or a letter to Changed by Love 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey. And don't forget to contact our friends at this radio station and tell them that you are being blessed by Changed by Love. It would be a great encouragement to them. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you will make plans to join us again next time, right here on this station, for more practical Bible teaching from the book of Ecclesiastes with Pastor Jim Kevney, passionately proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that needs to hear.